Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to your conversation with Geeks, podcast where we come on movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we have on a special guest. Please welcome Kate Sanchez from the Rotten Tomato approved publication, The Why Though. Say hi, Kate. Hi. Uh, she'll be joining Jamie and I as the three of us talk about everything from Warner's premiering The Flash at this year's CinemaCon to our spoiler thoughts on The Mandalorian Season 3 premiere, as well as the latest episode of HBO's The Last of Us and much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok at Convo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, our email is at conversationwithtwogeeks at gmail.com. Uh, Kate, do you have anything you want to plug at the top of the show for where people uh, yeah. can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at OmaMithRandier. It's where I'm most active. And if you want all of my anime and manga content, that's on Instagram at OmaMithRandier. And uh, check out ButWhyThough.net. We're great. Uh, you can follow us at ButWhyThoughPC on pretty much every social media platform. Sounds good. And we will link all that in the show notes. You can also find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are listened to. So can you please introduce yourself to the audience, Kate? Hi, I'm Kate Sanchez. I am a uh, pop culture critic. I do some freelance work, but the most important thing about me is I'm the co-founder and editor-in-chief of But Why Though? We're a uh, pop culture media outlet that looks at pop culture from a different perspectives, uh, particularly focusing on uplifting content from marginalized creators and creatives in movies, video games, comics, TVs. Um, so we do a lot of international coverage, um, and then we also have a really great diverse crew over there handling everything from comic books, manga, anime, TV, movies, like we do everything. We're about to cover South by um, and Ooh. if you know me on Twitter, it's probably just because I was like shit posting anime <laughs> men and then maybe had a comment that had salience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no she's awesome guys go um go follow all her stuff and yeah no like though thank you for coming on i really really do appreciate it i'm excited <clears throat> my yeah. voice is a little off but i'm very excited <laughs> thank you yeah but you yeah, know we've been twitter buddies for a while now and so like when i decided like let me see if she'll respond and then it was like yeah and you were like yeah you were game and stuff and yeah no it's just it's awesome oh yeah anyways moving on to our first topic of the day in exclusive variety, Warner Bros. Pictures is set to screen their upcoming superhero blockbuster, The Flash, at this year's CinemaCon, the annual convention of movie theater owners in Las Vegas, which is supposed to run from April 24th through the 27th. This will be the fir film's first public screen before its official release on June 16th. This move demonstrates the studio's faith in the film, despite controversy with a certain lead actor, with the exclusive stating that showing a completed film usually goes over big with this crowd, full of some Cineplex honchos and theater managers looking to rub shoulders with Hollywood insiders. One prime example of this is Top Gun Maverick, where Paramount devoted its hours-long presentation to the first full showing of the film, which played like gangbusters to a room of cinema owners before becoming a box office sensation. However, Warner Bros. is expected to still bring a formal presentation to the Coliseum at Cedars Palace with The Flash scheduled to play in the late afternoon on April 25th after the studio teases its upcoming film slate. So this is big. Um, so yeah, this is, um, this is big. This is very, very, very big. And Probably the biggest move Warren's has been on this decision in a while, because yeah, 
I was not expecting this. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this? I mean, it makes sense the way that Gunn's been marketing it as one, a good way to reset and be the catalyst into something new. And from mm-hmm. from a purely financial and like capitalist standpoint where mm-hmm. morals have no play, uh, it makes sense that they didn't scrap this movie, even with all the stuff around Ezra. Yeah. And ultimately, like if you're going to do it big, doing it big for theater owners in a way that gets them to drum up um, and give you more screens because Warner Brothers as much as like comic book movies dominate everything there's a difference between Warner Brothers putting out a DC film and the way that Disney does with Marvel Star Wars and even Avatar all Mm -hmm. of all of the Disney properties when they pitch to theaters they Mm -hmm. they they main in order to show that film they have to get a certain amount of screens Um, it's how disney has killed a lot of small theaters it's how they've inflated their box office numbers and i think for warner brothers to even have a leg up in any of a month and and i don't know when the flash comes out if there's a disney movie in there um flash comes out officially june 20 um not june 26th june 16th june 16th okay do you know if there's anything else like that's that's a very good question because then it would make sense because they're like hey i know that disney's gonna try to buy you out but like also here's our entire movie get excited i'm Um, i'm I'm quickly looking on i don't think so because the marvel is just moved but they were july right they were july but that that moved to like november Mm -hmm. yeah so i think so like I, I don't think there's really anything. I'm I'm quickly looking through IMDb, yeah. DB and like through like there probably Wikipedia. isn't, but it it's probably like I don't know. I think like I think Warner Brothers has burnt a lot of goodwill in like the movie department. Ooh, I, oh, sorry, Wait, I sorry. Did you find something? I I'm, I I found I found two things. Um, so first off, Spider Verse. There the- we oh. go. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, and also uh Transformers Rise of the Beast. That comes out and that comes out the yeah. week before as well. Okay. And then on the same day, actually, Pixar has a movie. There we um, go. There's okay. the Elemental. Of it all. Elemental. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, which is like, and I am a I review Disney content, but I'm also ex- like heavily critical of Disney as a company because they do not have good practices and they're killing art very fast um but it makes sense for them to do something like this because then it's not just like hearsay and word of mouth it's like here look at this invest in us because it's going to be a stacked month yeah mm-hmm. especially given um and again, i've mentioned this a couple of times but i do have a source that has seen the movie and it is actually pretty good so i'm i'm God. and wonders need to win right now with everything going on yeah. and and they I feel like they need this movie to do well and so and as much capacity as they can because of all the stuff that's going on with Warner's and DC right now. This this and Blue Beetle. Um, although I think Blue Beetle Blue Beetle should be fine, right? I think fine. it'll be fine. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Blue Beetle also Blue Beetle has a better chance of being fine as well in the same way that like Sh- Shazam One did in that mm-hmm. like not a lot of people are invested in this character as heavily as the the mm-hmm. three ten pool mm-hmm. mm-hmm. awesome anyways but yeah no like you're definitely right about that and i do definitely do feel like shazam uh no blue beetle blue beetle is going to be shazam numbers yeah and stuff but yeah no this is 
this is a big move, and I, I'm just like, all right. Um, I feel like that dodge that um, meme from Dodgeball, where it's like, all right, guys, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think what's hard too, like from a site perspective, especially like hearing this, like they wouldn't do this with a bad movie, and I think for us, like, and we've had to do it increasingly. It's easier with video games because if we don't get a code, we just don't cover it. But like with movies, like we're on every press list to go to them. And it's kind of like from a like a personal standpoint, I don't want to support anything that has Ezra Miller in it because there is no reason that yeah. they should not be in jail right now and yeah. 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 Like children yeah. with guns and breaking and entering. Like yeah. there's a lot. There's that, a lot. That said, like from the perspective like of a site owner, like that is something that has to be covered because it's not going away and we yeah. have access. And so like that little balance is really hard. And I also do wonder if like from a theater perspective, like if they have any qualms about the controversy, just telling them like, no, this is going to be a blockbuster hit. Hmm. You can kind of quash all of those because money speaks louder than anything so yeah that um, isn't to like shame anybody for like wanting to see the flash oh yeah yeah, yeah i really want to see um oh my god sasha kelly no I, I don't care about her i don't care about supergirl um oh, <laughs> sorry i do not care about any of like the spin-offs of existing characters that, 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 it's that's, okay that that's fair it's, it's fair just, the, I, I, I feel to... like the only reason that this movie is still going is because it's going to be the reboot so oh they, yeah it's, mm-hmm. yeah because if it yeah. was any if this was not if that was not the case this movie probably wouldn't have kept going forward yeah yeah so. also 200 million also and i i keep in so mind i know i just i i i I'm still pissed off at the Batgirl fiasco that happened last year. Like, I seriously, yeah. ooh, I probably shouldn't say this publicly. That there are, mm, mm, just, mm. Jamie knows how yeah. pissed off. Jamie knows how pissed off I it am. It was, yeah. It it's a whole thing. It, it's that's a whole what Warner Brothers is still in a mess right now. So it's going to be interesting to see I, what they do. I mm-hmm. also think like them banking on like beloved Michael Keaton is going <laughs> to help. Yeah. Like that's the only reason I really want to see it because I love Michael Keaton in everything that that man does and getting to see him as Batman again. But I don't know. I'm just yeah. No, I'm I have a war within myself. <laughs> I know. I know. I I get you. And I was actually watching this really interesting video from Council of Geeks actually that I recommend everyone check out about just the whole Ezra of it and stuff. And it definitely kind of put in perspective for me. Um, I will say this again. My sources see this. Um, Keaton's also good as well so if there's any conversation there's that but yeah no this is this is gonna be a move but yeah anyways moving on to (laughs) yeah definitely definitely anyways moving on to our next topic exclusive from deadline Oscar nominated actor Steven Young okay my boy Glenn but also Mark from Invincible and stuff and just 
uh, is set to join Marvel Studios' Thunderbolts in a part that's not only significant to this film, but could also play a role going forward in future films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with sites such as the Illuminati. Um, and keep in mind, this is also um, Rumor Mill, so I'll explain this a little bit more later. Um, reporting that Yun will be playing Robert Reynolds, aka Sentry, one of the most powerful heroes in the comics. The site goes on to say that the Thunderbolts, created by um, Julie Lee Streifus, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, God, Jesus, that's a mouthful, uh, will be will face against a Superman level threat in the century. However, and this is where it kind of comes in, um, it should be known that Marvel has not not confirmed this themselves, so please take this with a grain of salt. Uh, Young joins in some an ensemble that includes Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, Sebastian Stan as uh, Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier, David Harbour as Red Guardian, Dreyfus as Fontaine, White Russell as John Walker, aka ES Agent, Hannah John Kamen as Ghost, and Ogla currently go um, as Taskmaster with FX as the Bear Star. Uh, Ayo Abiri, Abiri also joined the cast in an undisclosed role. My boy Glenn is joining us It's gonna be fun. This movie is going to be interesting. I'm very interested to see what, how this movie turns out. It's going to be I, weird. I am as well, and just uh, I'm. I sorry. I'm. I'm really happy my boy Glenn is in the MCU because like I've just and I know he's Stephen Young. I know he's been in other things, and I love him in every. But I've loved him in everything. So it's mm-hmm. just. But the first thing I've ever seen him in is just is The Walking Dead. So, yeah, and just. Just yeah, but yeah, no. Um, I'm yeah. Uh, Kate, do you have any thoughts on this? I have the opposite thoughts as you. <laughs> I am very. I don't like the way that when an actor gets an gets into the MCU, they kind of sink their teeth into them, and then everything they do after either gets like painted as like the MCU made you a star or the mcu did x or the mcu did y or like it restrains their roles because of how long their contracts for these characters go on mm. and so i love steven yen so much hey, who doesn't um, i mean like burning is probably the film that not many people have seen because it's south korean but more people should see because he is fantastic and intimidating as all hell in it mm-hmm. um so it's like, I'm happy that he, it's the same thing I felt with the Nocuerta. Like, mm-hmm. I love that man and I have been watching his work for the years that he has been cre- like an mm-hmm. actor and he's been a fantastic actor. But like Disney is a machine and mm-hmm. they are a machine that stifles actors to fit what they want. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason mm-hmm. Boyega and Isaac really like by the end of their Star Wars runs for like get me out. Um mm-hmm. I I worry about it. That's the only thing. I think it's gonna be really cool. I think he will bring greatness to anything that he does. Um mm-hmm. I wish he had like a character that wasn't a white dude first, because that's gonna put him into a whole bunch of like Ew, yeah he doesn't deserve and like yeah. no actor should have to deal with that. Also, yeah. I kind of want to see him as a villain. Like I yeah. really want to see him as a villain because he's I, so good when he's mean. I think this is the closest <laughs> that we are going to because the character in the comics does deal with a lot of mental health stuff. And so he's kind of manipulated into that. It's a whole thing. Um but yeah no it's just so I think yeah. this is the I think this is the closest, but I get I get what you're saying, and also uh, I may have already started seeing that shit, and like I I, I want to start pun- and I'm yeah. I'm not gonna and just 
Oh, and it, and it, and it isn't to say that I don't think that like we can that we can change races of characters. I think unless the race mm -hmm. is like inherent to the character themselves, mm -hmm. you can change it. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're working with certain properties, like if you are not putting things in place to protect your actors who are going to have to deal with that stuff or they're going to have to constantly be in the shadow of something, you're doing mm -hmm. them a disservice 100%. unless you unless you plan to do something. Um, about it like they did with Nick Fury like Nick Fury is now just Samuel L. Jackson in the comics yeah that's, well, yeah. that's how yeah. it is um yeah. yes and so like that that's just like I don't know it, it I love him so much and he has he's gonna keep having a great career mm -hmm. I just have really big reservations about what happens with the Marvel machine I think it's gonna be great as a fan though like it's gonna be a great experience either way but yeah yeah no no I I yeah no I and didn't I... mean to like damper any of no, that like, no, I, no 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 I no. feel bad because I'm like no. I'm just I'm very jaded with a lot of like these pieces so I'm like no oh. no 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 it's I, fair I... though because when you watch some of the other Marvel actors and other stuff they get so much more material to work with in yeah. a way yeah. It's true. Like I watched um Chris Evans was in the Apple TV Plus show. Um, oh yes. Yes. I, mm -hmm. I didn't watch all of it. I watched a little bit. He is very good in that. Like mm -hmm. very, very, very good. So like yeah. the Marvel Marvel is a machine and it's very like cut and dry now a little bit. So it's I I love him too. He's so good. I I mainly seen him as Glenn. I haven't watched Inv Invincible yet. Um, I'm very excited to see him play with all this group of actors, though. I think it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. um, especially if it sounds like if this river meal is true, he might be playing who they're up against, who the group is up against. That could be fun. Yeah. So. Which, is a, which is a very interesting way of just essentially dealing with like what I like to call the Suicide Squad problem. <clears throat> where like they're, we're like, but also like this is a group that like Apparently, also this is a, this is something I kind of left out, but like apparently this was a group that was created by Fontaine to, to deal with a Fontaine problem. Yeah. So, so either way, this is all this is all Elaine's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it. I think if, if I if I take out like that piece, I think on the base level, it's very good. I also loved him as Glenn. I should also say that that was my first introduction to him. <laughs> he was amazing as Glenn um he's just yeah. done so much stuff and i do want to say like this is my call out to everybody listening to this if you love steven yun watch burning it's on netflix it's been on, okay confession i need so to watch fun. that it's been on my list for years i will try to watch it soon um but like i've seen i've seen every other thing i've even watched minari yeah so so it's just it's been on my list but yeah no i i freaking love steven yun but yeah Anyway, moving on to our next topic. An exclusive from Deadline, Gemel Del Toro is back in business with Netflix on another major stop-motion animated film that he will direct with Del Toro set to adapt The Buried Giant based on the fantasy novel by Nobel um, Prize-winning British author Keizo Ishiro. Apologies if I mispronounced the name. Um, this is hot off the heels of the critical success of Gemma del Toro's Pinocchio, which just received a nomination for Best Ambient Feature at this year's Oscars. Yay. As for the novel, the story follows an elderly Brit Britain couple 
um, Axel and Beatrice uh, living in a fictional post-Arthurian um, England where no one is able to retain long-term memories. Uh, Del Toro will produce the film um, as well as direct um, with him and uh, Matilda, the musical scribe Dennis Kelly, writing the script with stop-motion studio Shadow Machine serving as production home base, just like a Pinocchio. In his statement, Del Toro says, The Berry Giant continues my animation partnership with Netflix and our pursuit of stop-motion as a medium to tell a complex stories and build limitless, wor limitless worlds. It is a great honor and a great responsibility for me to direct the screenplay, which Dennis Kelly and I are adapting from Kuzo's Ishiguro's uh, profound and imaginative novel. I, I, I'm so very happy that Del Toro is continuing on the stop motion train. I also do wonder, I know that they announced the company and stuff, but I do wonder, because I know a little while after Pinocchio got released, he was talking with Phil Tippett about something. Um, Maybe we have Phil Tippett as like producer or something. That would be cool. I love Bill Tibbet, so that would be perfection. Also, the thing that the things that him and Del Toro could create <laughs> should scare people in like great ways. <laughs> I, I I know. I'm just thinking about it right now. I'm just like, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm totally down. I I love everything that Del Toro has done, and like this is this is awesome, and I'm glad he's stuck. He's staying in the stop motion world for a little bit. Because I thought he did wonders with Pinocchio and stuff. So, yeah. I will say this is the thing that, like, I'm really excited about. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is, like, my, he's my director. He's, he's, he's <laughs> maestro. He, he's, he is the man that inspires me in a lot of ways, especially because of how he uses his um, Mexican identity to talk about why he's so drawn to horror and um, the macabre and stuff. Because it's, it's what I see in, like, myself. Mm -hmm. um and i think what is also really important mm -hmm. is americans in the west in general has this very limited scope of what animation can be mm -hmm. they think it can only be pixar movies they think it can only be for kids and i think what del toro has done he's used the platform that pinocchio's greatness has had to mm -hmm. really push like it is not a genre it is a mm -hmm. medium and you can tell any story in it and mm -hmm. I think that his his follow-up to Pinocchio is another animated film. Um, I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to see what happens because Netflix gutted their animation department. Yeah, like, they that. canceled so many things. They fired so many talents. I, I'm still pissed off about Inside Job. Don't just... <laughs> and I that think, hurt. I think that what del toro can do with his successes and his name is really push netflix to reinvest not just in stop motion which they are mm -hmm. doing because there was the announced um dwarf studio from french is doing the pokemon concierge the stop motion animated series for netflix that was announced in pokemon day um so like there yeah. is some reinvestment happening um and i hope that this keeps writing it because i don't know if a lot of people know but um del toro is responsible for personally funding film uh film awards down in mexico he has personally mm. funded um animation initiatives in mexico for for um for filmmakers mm. and so he he's he's a director who really puts his money where his mouth is and I think we're going to see a lot more of animated projects from Del Toro, either as producer or director, mm -hmm. because he sees the momentum that he has and he loves it 
as mm-hmm. a medium of storytelling. So I'm, I'm really excited because I'm a huge animation person and mm-hmm. I love adult animation. Mm-hmm. And I had to literally fight with both of my critics orgs to even recognize like adult and non-American animation for like end of the year awards stuff. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I love just, I, I didn't know about that with the, um, initiate with the filmmaking initiatives and it, and I'm just like, it's one of those things where I'm not surprised, but also like, it makes sense. And it just, and just, I'm just like, like God damn you, Del Toro. Just, just, I, I, I've been, I've been in love with Del Toro stuff for a very long while and stuff like just dating. I think it might've actually been the Hellboy movies and then Pan's. Pants, which I still think is like his best movie overall. And then I just I just continue just watching his stuff throughout and stuff. So like I'm in. Uh Jamie, just curious, have you seen any of the have you uh, this might seem like a stupid question, but have you seen any of Del Toro stuff? Because I know you're not particularly into horror and stuff. Um, I'm honestly not sure. I have to look through the titles just to make sure. Cause I can't mm-hmm. think of anything off the top of my head. I haven't seen the Pinocchio um Netflix thing yet. Um so I'm not sure I don't that's why I don't have very many thoughts on it but I I do know he's huge and it is cool that he's doing this kind of stuff because animation is for Mm -hmm. everybody and you can Mm -hmm. it's not just for what people say just for children so it's very cool yeah there's some really great animated stuff out there that's for older Mm -hmm. uh, audiences so Mm -hmm. I implore everybody to watch Inua um, I-N-U hyphen O-H. It got distributed by um, G Kids Films here in the U.S. And it is from Science Saru, which is one of the most iconic like Japanese animated animation studios. And it's a rock opera set in like, I think it's the Edo period. And it's based off of like Japanese folklore. And it is beautiful to listen to it like it pulls together like traditional Japanese biwa and um like rock music and it came out last year and I have fought tooth and nail to get it recognition on like the critics stuff but like not a lot of people watched it but it's it's it it, to your point like it proves like what you can do outside of animation like that Mm -hmm. isn't just you know for kids i may or may not leave that in the show notes and stuff so definitely well d- yeah definitely 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 um bring put a pin on that put a pin on that for a hot second but yeah anyways moving on to our next topic um we got an official trailer for ted lasso season three which starts in three weeks uh the synopsis reads in the third season of ted lasso the newly promoted afc richmond faced riddick as media predictions widely pegged them to finish last in the Premier League, and Nate, played by Nick Mohammed, uh, now hailed as the Wonder Kid, has gone to work for Rupert, played by Giles, I mean Anthony Head, at uh, West Ham United. In the wake of Nate contentious departure from Richmond, Roy Kent, uh, played by Brett Goldstein, steps up as assistant coach alongside Beard, played by Brendan Hunt. Meanwhile, while Ted, uh, played by Jason Zegas, deals with pressures at work, he continues to wrestle with his own personal issues back home. Uh, Rebecca, played by uh, Hannah Waddingham, is focused on defeating Rupert and Keely, played by Juno Temple, navigates being the boss of her own PR agency. Things seem to be falling apart on on both on and off the pitch, but Team Lasso is set to give it their best shot anyways. Created by Bill Lawrence Joe Kelly, Jason Jacobs, and Brendan Hunt. Ted Lasso Season 3 is set to drop on Apple TV Plus on March 15th. This fucking show. This 
freaking show. And we just got a trailer. I think it was last week or the week before mm-hmm. the teaser trailer. And I'm just, I'm ready. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for the feels. I mean, the literally the goddamn trailer played. You can't always get what you want. And I'm just like, God damn it. So excited. Yeah, because this, this show, this show kind of got me through, because I kind of came on the show very late. Um, I think it was around 2021, and I binge-watched the first two seasons, and just, just this show is just, I, mean, I, I fucking love this show. And just, I, 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 I've, I've honestly missed it a little bit and stuff. And like, just, I, yeah. And I'll, yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I don't have any other words other than like, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Kate, do you have any thoughts? I think, I think the world needs the wholesomeness and joy of Ted Lasso, and I'm happy for it to come back. And I think that like, it just makes you feel a little lighter when you're watching it. To be mm-hmm. honest, I am. If you haven't noticed by my comments on this podcast, I am a cynical person. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it takes a little bit. Like I love watching stuff that is just like it's all about heart and mm-hmm. like finding joy in things and like holding and like processing like mm-hmm. bad stuff into good stuff. And I mm-hmm. think that Ted Lasso like expertly captures everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like I, I don't want to give a two. I don't want to give a spoiler for those that haven't seen the first two seasons. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen the first two seasons, go purchase the Apple Plus subscription and watch it. Just, just do, just do it right now. But yeah, no, like. The show has like made me ugly cry on several occasions, and like and deeply put me in like existential thought and stuff. And just this this fucking show, just yeah, this is such a good way of like I don't know how to describe it, but it's like like you said, processing the bad stuff, turning it into good stuff, and like just how we just need more of that, like more just Ted Lasso, you know, mm-hmm. like the kind of optimism sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really good. I. Love this show. I can't wait for it to come back. Yeah. Also, I'm not going to lie. This is starting to feel a bit of a final season thing. They haven't announced it. And I imagine that they're probably still trying to figure that part out. But, like, anyone want to bet that, like, this might be the final season? Because, like, I could see this going. I don't know. It just. I also want to kind of use a Star Wars analogy in which last season was Empire. This. The season before was um, New Hope. This is Return of the Jedi. I mean, it's possible, but I I don't know. I feel like if it is, they would want to announce it. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I just I do wonder. And with um, Sudeikis being part of the creative team on it too, I feel like he'd want to like at least try to like go out on his own terms, like write his final like what how he wants to end the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? and and apple has like a lot of like if it makes anybody feel better like apple has unlimited money and they haven't prematurely canceled shows yet like they haven't That's run true. into that piece mm-hmm. um and I, I i do think in general even if it was canceled prematurely i do think that sedeckis would say something or do something because i think that i think that ted lasso means a lot to him Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. he knows how much it means to other people too. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of like what happened like when uh when Netflix canceled Flanagan stuff and Flanagan was just like, here's the entire third season on Tumblr. This is what would have happened. Um, like when you love what you're making that much, mm-hmm. I think that you you feel kind of like beholden to the audience to mm-hmm. wrap it up the right way or at the very least be transparent with 
what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, most definitely. So and hopefully that that means we're going to get more, but yeah. yeah. I'm also just saying just from also practical terms because, you know, Sudeikis is a dad to like, I think like a kid or two and the show shoots in London. I don't know what the custody divorce involves with a certain... Um, well, from what I heard, he has custody. Okay. Okay, that actually that, yeah. that, that, I that answered my that question. He had custody, and that that was one of the reasons why he subpoenaed her was because mm. of mm. Like, issues in the marriage, and he was like, "You are literally not falling through." Because he had been, you don't get subpoenaed in public until you have refused every single other way to receive a subpoena. <laughs> hey, um, I did not know that. And... Yes, yeah. So the re- so. Fun fact about why he wasn't the bad guy in that situation, because I will defend that man. Uh, <laughs> you only get subpoenaed at your place of work or in a public setting when you have dodged every single other attempt to get anything. Okay, I did not know this, and I'm just and I'm taking it and be like, oh, please, please, please explain, Kate. Just normally we don't cover yeah. like celebrity celebrity stuff, but in the case of Ted Lasso, because it kind of connects with some other stuff, um, yeah. I will allow it, but just just i did not know all that but yeah no I'm yeah just, no, no no i mean you, you can you yeah you can look it up but like the first thing they do is they go to your place of residence and they think, think they have to do that a certain number of times and because like server like that is a job like serving mm. people papers is a job mm-hmm. um and then they have to go to your nearest rel- relatives um people who are listed as direct contacts then they go to place of work and then they go to places where they know they can find you um, and at least from what was reported, like she was not responsive to the divorce hearing. She was not responsive to the custody stuff. And that was what led to that falling out. Um, okay. So makes sense. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And also now that just, okay. Yeah. That, that makes a lot I of sense. I don't know for sure if he has custody, but I remember that a lot of that had to do with getting custody and like arrangements after the divorce. And yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. That that makes that makes honestly way too much sense. And just yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, that answers a couple of questions I have I've been having for like a long time. But yeah, thank thank you for answering that, Kate. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to our actually second to last topic of the day. Um, Variety reports that the WG uh, WGA, aka the Writers Guild of America, asked members on Monday to vote in favor of its pattern of demands, the broad outline that will guide the union's position in upcoming talks with the major studios. Um, with the bargaining between the studios set to start on March 20th and the current deal uh, set to end on May 1st. As for what's in these demands, um, for compensation and residuals, we have increased minimum compensation significantly to address the devaluation of writing in all areas of TV, new media, and features. Uh, Subsidized uh, compensation and residual terms for features, whether released theatrically or on streaming, address the abuses of mini rooms, um, basically like the small... I'll get to that in a second. Ensure appropriate television series series writing compensation throughout entire entire process of pre-production production post-production expand protections to cover all television writers apply um, minimum basic agreements minimums to comedy variety programs made for news media um, increase residuals for undercompensation residual markets restrict compensated un- uncompensated sorry uh, use of excerpts uh, for pension plan and health fund increase contributions to pension plan and health fund oh that was it 
and for professional standards and protection in the employment of writers for feature contracts in which compensation falls below a specific threshold require a weekly payment of compensation and minimum of two steps, strengthen the regulation of options and exclusivity in television writer employment contracts. Uh, regulate use of material produced using artificial intelligence or similar technology. Um, enact measures uh, to combat discrimination, harassment, to prom- and to promote pay equity. Uh, revise and expand all arbiters lists. So looks like these are going to be demands that the um, WGA will be making. Also, in the terms of the mini room thing, um, so I don't know who fucking reported on this, but basically, I, I would say, and Kate, you might have to back me up on this. So most shows normally have like, or at least in the pre-streaming days, there used to be at least like, you know, 20 episodes and multiple writers. Now most shows are like between like, I would say like eight to 13. And because of that, there's only like a limited amount of writers or in some cases, even like the showrunner will be just penning all the episodes and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's mainly like, uh, so that's what the mini rooms are kind of referring to and stuff. But yeah, no, so these are the demands. Um, seems like these are a very good list of demands, honestly. Uh, especially in the mini room and stuff. So yeah, uh, but yeah, no, this is this is. I really am curious how these negotiations are going to go because as someone that also currently lives in the Los Angeles area, I really hope that this this. I'm praying that this doesn't become 2007, 2008 again. But honestly, we kind of fucking need it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think it it comes down to because like these are extremely reasonable demands, especially when these studios have so much money. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I think in general, I think that we don't have as many strikes as we need to in this country. Um, And I think that it is perfectly fine that they stand by this and they say, no, the negotiation is you give us this or we don't write your content that then gives you your money. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like, I, that's, (laughs) that's, that is what I have like turned to in all of this. Like whenever a union has demands, I'm like, yeah, get it or strike let's go <laughs> i believe in you mm-hmm. uh put pressure on them um because this seems really reasonable like yeah, yeah extremely reasonable yeah no this extremely does and stuff and i'm just again hopefully they came to the demands again i really do hope that this doesn't become 2007 2008 but like worst case scenario if it does it's whew. and like from what and to be honest I don't know if, it, and and that's like the worst, like worst case scenario. I have buddies both um, that work on sets, and I'm not gonna name any names for um, privacy reasons, but that I've worked on like in in Atlanta and like sometimes here that have I've talked to about. It, they're like, yeah, there really isn't a strike, at least not yet. But mm-hmm. this was before the demands came about, so we'll we'll see. Like we'll see. I am rooting for them to get all the demands because honestly, like having talked with some writers and having become friends with some screenwriters. Yep. And then, and then, and that's all I'm gonna say. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, moving on to our last topic, and this one I was surprisingly like this kind of went underreported. This last one kind of went underreported, and yeah, no, it was very interesting. Anyways, according to anyways, and this is a long one, folks. According to Variety, HBO Max's parent company, Warner Bros. Discovery, has filed a lawsuit accusing Paramount Global of re- uh, reneging on part of the $500 million licensing deal set in 2019 for the streaming rights episode of South Park, with the suit asserting that Paramount breached the contract by steering South Park specials and other content to its own Paramount Plus platform, as well as the studio blatantly intended to prop up Paramount Plus at the expense of Warner slash HBO, and that Paramount has engaged in multiple flagrant duplications, uh, of fat and 
breach of contract. Okay, so for a bit of context and slash if you were unaware, back in 2019, HBO Max won the battle for exclusive streaming rights in the U.S. to trade partners in Matt Stowe's anime satire series South Park with the licensing deal with Paramount being valued at 500 to about $550 million. Um, when HBO Max made the build, though, it did so with the assur- assurance that there would be three new seasons um, three new seasons of 10 episodes each, but only two of the episodes were delivered for the first of those seasons and only six for the second. HBO Max understands that the third season will consist of six episodes for a total of 14 across the three seasons. Uh, the suit also le- alleging that new episodes are far more valuable than old ones and that it, and that therefore HBO Max dramatically overpaid for the library. Fast forward 2021, in MTV, a Paramount subsidiary, mind you, announces a $900 million deal with Parker and Stone for exclusive South Park content that would run on, only on Paramount+. Plus. In the press release for that, an MTV ex- executive was quoted as saying so, saying that the deal would help fuel Paramount+, Plus, and Stone even saying, we have fuck you money now. Um, in the suit, HBO Max argues that the deal required uh, diverting content that should have fallen under its 2019 contract to Paramount+, Plus, instead said, and that Paramount has engaged in verbal trickery and grammatical sleight of hand, characterizing the new content as movies, films, or events, but not episodes, to avoid its obligation under the 2019 agreement. In response, Paramount has denied the allegations, with the company also accusing Warner Bros. Discovery of failing to pay its licensing fees that it owes under the agreement, with a Paramount Global spokesperson taking the statement, we believe that these claims are without merit and look forward to dem- straining so through the legal process. We also note that Paramount continues to adhere to the party's contract by delivering South Park episodes to HBO Max, despite the fact that Warner Bros. Discovery has failed and refused to pay licensing fees that it owes to Paramount for episodes that have already been delivered and which HBO Max continues to stream. So yeah, this is a shit show. Sounds like it. I could barely follow what was going on. I know. Yeah, It's no, a it- lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot, and like just Jesus Christ, like just and and just yeah, like for example, like when I was like I kind of actually tweeted the story out because I was like surprised, like no one had talked about. It. I learned this from Philip DeFranco, mind you, because I watched that show. I watched that show at weekly every day, and like, and I was like, wait, I should have known about this and stuff because this is a pretty big lawsuit, and like it could impact. Basically, it could impact the way how, especially given that some of these shows are now going to other platforms, for example, mm-hmm. Westworld, and just just base, basically they cancel it and then just put them on other platforms so that they won't have to like pay the licensing, I guess, for their own stuff that was made for that. And it's a whole fucking thing. But either way, like it, it just sounds like I a mess, have- to be honest. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah. Does anyone else have any other thoughts? No, it's a mess. I have no I have no dog Same. in this race. Um horse in this race. I don't, I don't know about it. But um it is it's interesting, but also like I feel more comfortable with a company that does that hasn't been deleting content from existence having rights to things and the one that has not having rights to things oh yeah i'm down with that as well so um i i will be ostensibly team paramount on that fact alone <laughs> oh yeah yeah no no, no. On, on that front on that front then just, just 
Well, not front. The bare minimum. It's like, all corporate messy stuff, but I will I will use that to to judge things. Like right. say what you That's will about fair. South Park. I get it. A lot of people don't like it. I I've grown out of it. I think that there's a lot of stuff, but like it it was a cornerstone of institution for adult comedy for so long. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as even when it like it was good when it was good, it was very bad when it was very bad. But mm-hmm. I think that like I it, it is a cultural memory for mm-hmm. better or worse and i would rather all of the rights be controlled by somebody who isn't deleting cultural memories yeah that's yeah. true I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent i'm with you a thousand percent but yeah. that, that's all my brain went to because i was like this is this is a lie yeah even even <laughs> reading it i was just like i was just like jesus fucking christ this is a shit show mm-hmm. yeah no i just yeah no it, it's just it was just the main reason why i even put this on was because i was just it's just the implications of this, but also just this is just this is lawyer shit. This is like you didn't pay for money. Well, I didn't pay you. Yeah, I don't want to pay for It's it's a yeah. It's like a version of he says she says with corporations. Yeah, kind of millionaires. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> millionaires and millionaires. But yeah, no, I digress. Anyways, moving on to our recommendations for the week. Um. Let's talk about The Mandalorian, season three, chapter 17, The Apostate. In other words, The Mandalorian's back, y'all. When was the last episode? When did we last get Mandalorian? I think Are you counting Boba Fett? Well, besides that, like his last <laughs> season, that's true. The last season of his show, of The Mandalorian. Think, was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago. I think it was 2021. Yeah, it was yeah, two that years. Makes sense. Yeah, no, because, yeah, I, I've missed these characters. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love Andor and, like, Andor, but this, this is my shit. I'm just, and just um and by the way, we're gonna talk spoilers. So if you haven't seen this episode, um go watch it. It's back on, it's really good. Um just just the opening bit alone. Um, where I actually thought it was legitimately a flashback, but then yeah. it wasn't, and we and we get to see and just like it's Dan defeating like the, the but look honestly more like an underground, like I'm I've heard the term dragon turtle, but it kind of looked Dragon Turtle. I'm gonna use the word Dragon Turtle and stuff, and just like, um, and then just flying in and stuff, and then just like we we see the two, and then Goku's like hi, and just was like, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah no over um, but yeah no, overall, I thought this episode was a fun, entertaining scene premiere. I thought director Rick Famuyiwa and company really leaned into the western vibes with this episode. Also, I just again going back, I also love that like. Din and Gro- Din is teaching Gro- Grogu about the galaxy. Also, um, there is a major reference to a certain creature from Star Wars Rebels, which made me squeal. And like, just and like, I was explaining to my friend who's still watching Star Wars Rebels, and I was like, oh, "Shit, I can't, I can't even see it." But like, just uh, the, the, there's a certain creature that's introduced in Star Wars Rebels that may or may not connect, not necessarily with this show, but with the Ahsoka show that's supposed to come out later this year. And I just, I, I mm-hmm. lost my shit a little bit. 
So there was that. And then just the visual and practical effects, production design, cinematography, which was done by Dean Cundy, who was a cinematographer for all the Back to the Future movies. It's completely sunny. My only one complaint is that I do wish this episode was a few minutes longer, but I've also heard that the next episode is supposed to be like, I think like 42 minutes long. So mm-hmm. it'll make up. But yeah, no. Uh, but yeah. Uh, y'all have any other thoughts on The Mandalorian? Um, I feel like the reason why this show works so well is I feel like this is this is the closest project to the original trilogy feel, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not... I don't know. That's what I always feel like when I'm watching it. Like, I love Andor. Andor is was fantastic um but this definitely has more of like the og trilogy feel like cinematography kind of i don't know that's the kind of vibe i get i really liked it i always loved it in grogu they're so much fun Mm -hmm. um and yeah i thought it was gonna be really good it was definitely a good introduction kind of getting everything set up and whatnot so it was good yeah i'm excited to get into it i haven't seen the episode (gasps) oh Um, oh god I'm fine. I've I, I I did I didn't even I didn't see season two because I was an episode behind and then people uh like started online controversy saying that uh Yorito committed genocide and that Star Wars hated women and I was like, but he ate an egg and I'm very confused. So that was um, a very weird I, time. I didn't even understand as well. I that think episode was weird. Be- yeah, I think people were going a bit star crazy. Like, so I was, yeah, you know what? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was just the lockdown, like making <laughs> Twitter even more Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I fell out of watching it because I was, it was one of those things where, like I love Star Wars very deeply. Um, and that series has meant so, like the first season means so much to me, especially mm-hmm. with Pedro as the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I fell off because I was like, I can't deal with Star Wars people online. And now I saw some stills from this first episode. I was like, well, now's the time to jump back in and start binging and and get back and just, I don't know. I feel like 2023 is my year of reclaiming my fandoms for myself and actually yeah. watching yeah. the stuff I haven't. We, yeah. Yes, yes. We and, we and we support that. And we support that. Like, when it comes to like Star Wars, I, I've had to be very careful in like who I actually like, you know, follow in terms of like the goddamn fandom because I just, I've I've had to be really fucking careful. Like, there's only like two yeah. or three like YouTubers I actually follow. It's just so unfortunate how yeah ridiculous it's become with that fandom. I I don't I love Star Wars too. I, it's fantastic. And it's like everywhere, like everybody is just angry all the time, and I'm for like, real. Yeah, there's no reason for it to be angry. Just like the aspects that you like, and just leave the stuff you don't like alone. All the Oditos up there, I love yeah so much, and I'm just like wearing. I'm wearing my Grogu T-shirt right now. Yes. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. No, I like. I don't have like as you're gonna see. I don't have any sort. Well, okay, you guys can't see it on here, but like I do have like I have a Finn um Funko. Yeah. I the Funko and stuff, and like I just I don't know I I don't know I I really don't know. But Sorry this... to make the the conversation. No, 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 no it's no, a no. valid conversation though, it's, and it's we a talked val- a little bit about it, but it's yeah. That's why I don't even talk about Star Wars online anymore. I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, and and stuff. So I I've decided. I think during lockdown, I took a very like flaws on all approach where like every 
every Star Wars is someone's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. And that's the approach I've taken throughout. And like, I love all of it. I have issues with some, I have issues. There are my issues, but like overall, like I, I genuinely love this franchise. The great like, so. thing about it is there's so much stuff in this universe that something for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like all the different projects and stuff. There's something for everybody to yeah. like. So truly. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I really enjoyed this episode and just um I thought it was a fairly season premiere and one that truly set the set the stage for the season to come and stuff. So yeah. Anyways, let's talk about the other Pedro Pascal show that um <laughs> currently on the air right now. Um The Last of Us, episode seven. Um AKA the right the um as I like to call it the uh the Ellie backstory episode. Oh actually no that that's 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 a little disingenuous. Overall, another great episode. Performance wise, Bella was amazing. Uh but the major standout for me was Storm Reed, who plays Riley. The two's chemistry was pitch perfect. Also the production design, especially with the mall, was just immaculate. It just felt lived in. And mm-hmm. just all in all, I really enjoyed this episode and I just I can't wait for the next one and just this this fucking show. This show um but yeah no this was the one okay i will admit full disclosure this was the one bit that i kind of knew going in mm-hmm. but even still seeing it because also like i should also explain that i have not played the games um not because i'm not a video game person or anything it's just i don't really have time no the consoles but like it's just i this show has just been really fucking good and uh hbo if hbo is smart um there's gonna be trophy case there they should have another trophy set case and like for everyone and stuff and yeah that, that's all that's all uh, or rather for the emmys and stuff so yeah uh yeah anyone else have any thoughts i'm just surprised and well not surprised but i'm just i really like this episode i just love like the cinematography of this show it's so good um the mall the mall set was awesome and yeah, I thought the chemistry was good between uh, Bella and Storm Reed. I thought they did a good job. Um, I think Bella's done a great job as Ellie through this whole show so far. Mm-hmm. She's great. And yeah, I'm just excited for next week. I'm I am very excited. And I'm now we're getting close to the end of the se- season, so I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous, but it's it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kate, do you have any thoughts? Um, I just started watching the series. Oh. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I'm excited. I I like what I've seen so far. Spoilers don't bother me. Like I grew up on the internet. Like <laughs> I okay. also I, did... I I I I'm just like this is the second bit now. I'm just like I was because yeah. normally I like to like if you haven't seen it, I like to remain like spoiler free for just. Mm. And I, no, and no, just, no. Just, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I've also I've played the game, so I know what happens game wise. Okay. okay. Um. So, but I, I, yeah, I, I put off watching it for a few reasons, but I've started watching it, and I'm on episode four now. Okay. And it, okay. It's really good. It's really good, and I'm excited to see it. And I have watched clips from episode seven. Okay. Um. I just really love Bella. Like she's. Mm-hmm. phenomenal ellie um it, it's really good <laughs> yeah no, yeah no, yeah no it's it's really good and so it just yeah no th- this show's gonna win this just this show mark my work this is gonna win emmys yeah it, it has it, to it has yeah. to yeah mm-hmm. it has to and so but yeah no i just i, I fucking love the show anyways um so i also saw uh cocaine bear last week 
Um, overall, I thought it was a fun ride from the beginning and director Elizabeth Banks, the company managed to balance out the comedy horror effectively. In addition, the entire cast is hilarious and on point. However, if there's just one standout, it's Alden Einrich, who just basically he just like handles the tone perfectly and stuff. And just and then also Mark Mullenbaum's um Lester Techno score slaps and slaps hard. Um, all in all, Cocaine Bear was a fun ride uh with Elizabeth Banks and company providing us with some hilarious performance and awesome score and nice balance between comedy and horror. It's just one old grand time. One old grand time, I definitely recommend. Um, before we close out, Kate, do you have any recommendations for us? Yeah, I think everybody should go see Creed 3. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I reviewed it over at But Why Though. I think that everybody will find it really accessible if you are not a fan of the Rocky franchise. No prior viewing needed. It helps, of course, but no prior beauty viewing. Um, And then I think that if you are an anime fan, you will come into mm. it with a different appreciation of some of the direction choices that Michael B. Jordan makes. So I think Interesting. you should go watch it. It's really good. Um, it's a love letter to Shonen, to be <laughs> honest. Um, and I think that he does it in a way that if you have not watched anime, you're going to be like, oh, that was such an interesting choice for this brother dynamic. And then if you have watched anime, you're like, oh, that's the Naruto Sasuke brother dynamic. And I think that like, I think that it gives something for folks who aren't an initiated weeb but also give something completely different for folks who are. And I think being able to strike that balance is really good with a film um, so that nobody is really left out. Um, So yeah, people should watch that. Yeah, no, I need, I've been putting it off for a very long while. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this tonight. I'm going to do this tonight because like I've seen the first screen. I actually saw the first Creed on a plane because 2015 I, was the year. I watched Creed 2 on a plane and then went back and watched Creed 1 because I had not seen any of them. Yeah, no. Well, with, yeah, when me and Creed won, so basically I saw it a little after it came out, like it was early 2016 and mm-hmm. stuff. And so basically it was early 2016. 2015 was like the year of Star Wars for me. So like anything Star Wars, Star Wars pretty much took over 2015 for me. But like 2016, I remember I was flying back from New York. I was doing some college searching and stuff. And I remember flying back and like Creed was on. I was like, yeah, I'll give this a watch. And also I was a fan of Ryan Coogler. Um, he's actually from where I'm originally from. Um, I'm from the, so for context, I'm a little, I, you know, it's weird. Um, so for context, I'm actually originally from the San Francisco Bay area and stuff. And Kugler's from that area and stuff. So he, 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 he's a homie, he's a homie and stuff. So like, um, so we based, so I was familiar with his name and stuff. He just signed on to do Black Panther and stuff. So like, I was just like, okay, let me, let me check out Creed real quick. And I just fell in love with it. And just, just I, like no joke, like I was like fist pumping, like in the air, uh, in a plane, mind you, and just, and just, <sighs> I fuck about that movie. But yeah, no, I need to watch Creed two. I think I have a DVD copy. I need to watch it because I do want to watch Creed three and stuff. And yeah, um, Jamie, do you have any recommendations for us? Uh, no, not really, not this week. I just been watching The Last of Us and uh, Mandalorian this week and stuff. So, basically. Well, anyways, um, let's go that, shall we? Sounds good. Um, so, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok at Combo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email with anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. And Kate, do you want to plug in your socials one more time? Yeah. And yeah, also, you. thank you, Kate, for um, coming on. 
Thank you for having me on. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at OmanMithRandier and on Instagram at OmanMithRandier for my more anime and manga specific content. And you can find But Why Though and everything we do at But Why Though PC and check out all of our writing at ButWhyThough.net. Awesome. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, anyways, take care, everyone. Again, thank you for Kate to come for coming on. Had a great time. And yeah, take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.